I'm so glad that he gave me one more chance. You know, I thank the Lord for both the songs. I pray we all be ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do I love about him? What I love about the master. Hallelujah. I want to be ready. I, I pray to be ready. I, that song always strikes me in my spirit. I always linger on the words of that song because I want to be ready. Hallelujah. I even told my husband, I said, you can play that one at my funeral. I like that song. What a message to send. But I pray we'll all be ready. But what I love about the Lord, because we fall short. Anybody fall short besides me? We fall short and he gives us one more chance. Hallelujah. So somebody put your Holy Ghost hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's thank him for the sacrifice that he made for us. Hallelujah. Let's praise him and worship him for who he is. And for what he does. Hallelujah. God is great. And he is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. I thank God for this opportunity to be before you on today. I thank God for this Sunday, April the 2nd, Palm Sunday. Amen. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. For just another chance. Hallelujah. God is great. I don't know why he loves me. Hallelujah. I don't know why he cares. Hallelujah. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But I'm glad. Hallelujah. So glad he did. God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Thanking God for our great assembly. Thanking God for you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thanking God for the great leadership in this house. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor, our bishop, uh, Gary Burt, and his absence. Let's give God a praise for the leader of this house, Bishop Gary Burt. Praise God for him. I praise God. Hallelujah for my many, many blessings. Thanks, God. Hallelujah for a chance to be here. Thank God for my family, my husband, and my children. God is a wonder. Hallelujah. And I don't take him for granted. Hallelujah. I praise him for another chance. Let's go to the word of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord because I had, let me give you a little backup real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Sit down for a second. Um, I thank the Lord. Uh, I want to tell y'all this. I was laying in my bed. It was probably about three weeks ago. And it was uh, either early in the morning or really late at night. I'm not sure. But the house was quiet and that's my time. This is my time. You know. Hallelujah. When you got babies and children and they go to bed, hallelujah. Mama gets a minute. So I thank the Lord. So I was having my time and I laid in my bed and usually I'm on my iPad and doing different stuff. But this time I just laid in the bed. And I said, Lord, I haven't heard from you in a while. Would you be so kind? Hoshaya. As to just speak a word to me. Hallelujah. Lord, I just need you to, to speak a word as I laid in my bed. Hallelujah. Just me and Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and he spoke two words to me. He said, good bread. That was confusing. I said, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I just need you to speak a word to me. And the word he said was good bread. Immediately following that, Exodus chapter number 12. And he began to give me the scriptures. And I'm telling you what happened. I, I'm, 
this is what happened. So I turned to my Bible, Exodus, the 12th chapter. And hold on, let me, let me do it. Actually, I, my phone was laying on my nightstand. So I grabbed my phone. My Bible wasn't there. It's dark anyway. So I grabbed my phone and I went to, let's see if I can find the verse that the Lord spoke a word to me. Y'all going to be patient with me for two seconds? Uh, here we go. So he speaks this word, good bread, and he says, Exodus chapter number 12, um, verse number 34. 12, Exodus 12 and 34. Okay, so I get, pick up my phone, and I turn in my Bible app. The last version I had been on was the NLT version. And so that's what pulled up. And so when I read the verse, it said, and the Israelites took their bread dough. I dropped my phone, closed my... What in the world? Now, he just spoke a word and said, good bread. Then I pick up the scripture and start reading about bread. Now, why do those things still amaze me? Those things still amaze I mean, I had no idea what Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 31 would say. But it amazed me when I read that scripture and even reading the word bread and he just spoke good bread. I still didn't put it together, couldn't put it together. But it just amazed me. I said, okay, Lord. I hear you, Hoshiah. So from that moment until yesterday, I kept asking the Lord to fill in the gaps for me. Lord, just help me out. And I kept going back to the scripture and reading. I knew the Lord had spoke to me, but I kept asking him to speak a word. Hallelujah. And I feel, hallelujah, in my spirit that God has a word for us today. Y'all ready to go on this journey with me, with the Lord? Hallelujah. It's new for me, so let's go in and join in together. Stand with me and turn to your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 12. I hope you believe me because I'm telling you true stories. Exodus chapter number 12. We'll read verses 31 um, through 36. Um, I'll read the King James Version, but I wanted you to hear that because the King James reads differently. Uh, but I wanted you to hear how the Lord had spoken to me when he first spoke it to me. Hold on. I'm in the wrong book. Exodus 12 and 31. You got it? If you got it, say, I got it. That sounds like a lot of people. Hallelujah. Exodus 12 and 31 says this. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up. And get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go. Serve the Lord, as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, as ye have said, and be gone. And bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people, that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened their bread and their kneading boards being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. 
Lord God, we come before you. Thank you and praise you, O oh God, for your goodness, your tender mercy, your loving kindness, and your grace. Lord God, we praise you for your word this morning. Oh, 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 Koshaya. We lift you up and we glorify you. Hallelujah, Lord God, for good bread on this morning. Hallelujah, Lord God. We want to thank you. We want to praise you. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, because we believe in you on today. Hallelujah, Lord God. We believe in your word. Now, oh, 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 Shakai, oh, Poshaya. We ask, oh God, that you speak a word to us. Oh, amana, oh, shiki. Hallelujah, Lord God, that you speak a word to our spirits. Hallelujah, Lord God, that you make your word manifest in our lives. Hallelujah. Lord God, help us not to be hearers only, but doers. Oh, oh, shia of your word as well, Lord God. Allow it to bless us and anoint us and touch us as only you can do. Hallelujah. Lord God, and we'll be so grateful and so thankful. Lord God, now we ask, oh God, that you let my voice be silent. Hallelujah, Lord God, because we only want to hear from you. Oh, yeah, Moshaya. If you could be so kind, oh God, as to speak a word to your congregation on today. Hallelujah, Lord God. We'll be so thankful and grateful. Hallelujah. We'll be careful to give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory and you all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Lord God, do it for your name's sake, for your name's reputation, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people say, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. For a subject this morning, and God is just so good. He's just working stuff out. Hallelujah. Um, we'll use the subject, good bread. And as I was sitting in the minister's room, now the Lord gave me time yesterday. Let me tell you, somehow you know it's the Lord because we have been traveling, and so we have been gone, and I uh, hadn't been able to get into my word. I knew I was going to minister today, and I wanted to be in my word. I said, Lord, I just need some time with you. And I thank the Lord. Do you know how good God is? Praise him in things great and things small. Do you know them kids slept? One of them got up at 1 o'clock, the other one at 1.30. Never happens. I had the whole day. I couldn't believe it. I kept looking at the clock. I was in my house by myself yesterday from 7 a.m. to 1 o'clock. God is amazing. I love him. Hallelujah. He's just a wonder. I praise him. Um, and so I had a lot of good time, good study time yesterday. And even today, I was just going over my notes uh, in the minister's room. And um, I felt the Lord add to the message. So we got good bread. And for a subject, I mean, subtopic, we'll keep your palms up. Keep your palms up. And I said, Lord, is that me? You know, I don't think that's me. And I looked over at my notebook that I just pulled out yesterday. My other notebook was full. And look, a palm leaves on the cover. <laughs> and I said, all right, Lord, I hear you. We're going to keep our palms up today. So Exodus, the 12th chapter. Y'all praying for me? I need it. Hallelujah. Um, let's back up a little bit and understand what we just read, what's going on here uh, in this particular passage of Scripture in chapter number 12. So the children of Israel have been in bondage in Egypt. And you all are very familiar with the story, amen. And so we know that God has sent um, Moses, hallelujah, to deliver his people. So Moses is going back and forth to Pharaoh. Y'all know it, right? Sunday school students, hopefully we know and understand. Uh, we've had, we know about the plagues um, that go up against Egypt. And so Moses is going back and forth to Pharaoh. So he goes to Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh um, from, 
he speaks to Pharaoh, what the Lord speaks to him, and that is the message to let my people go. So it starts in Exodus chapter number seven, and I'll let you, I, I, I had planned to read all that, and I knew we wouldn't have enough time, so we're gonna, you're going to have to read that for yourself, but I'll get you the scriptures, all right? So Exodus 7, 14 through 24, we come through our, to our first plague, and so Moses goes before Pharaoh in chapter number seven, and he says to him, um, uh, I said I wasn't going to read it, but we'll, we'll start this one, right? Is that all right? I can't help myself. Uh, and the Lord said unto Moses, verse 14, Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he refuses to let the people go. Get thee to Pharaoh in the morning, lo, and goeth out into the water, and thou shalt stand at the river bank against um, he come. And the rod which was turned the serpent, you shall take in your hand, and you shall say unto him, the Lord God of Hebrews has sent me, saying, let my people go. All right? And so he goes on to tell, uh, uh, give this message to Moses to give to Pharaoh to deliver his people. Let my people go. So as we read on and you read on, fact check me, um, Pharaoh refuses to let his people go. Pharaoh don't think about Moses. I'm not letting the people go. No, is his answer. So we get our first plague, and that is of blood. So as you read in your Bible, you realize that the rivers turned to blood, that all the fish died, and there was a putrid smell then that came upon the land, and there was no water for anybody to drink. Now, Pharaoh also had his magicians. Pay attention to these parts that I want to make sure we, we kind of leave out in the telling of this story, but Pharaoh had his magicians too. And so his magicians also were able to turn the river into blood. So Pharaoh is not having, not thinking too much about the God of Moses because I can do that too. Magicians come in, they turn the river to blood too. How many know that Satan has power too? Don't forget, but we, we going we to get there. So he turns, his magicians turn the river to blood. But then Moses goes and he petitions God on behalf of Pharaoh. This happens 10 times. He goes uh, and petitions God to turn the rivers back to water. And God does it. Moses goes to him again, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no, I ain't letting your people go. So now we have the plague of frogs. So frogs come up from the land, come up from the the. the the dirt and the land and frogs are infested amongst the whole land. Could you imagine every surface? Look, just look around you and imagine every surface being covered by frogs, including you. Frogs are everywhere, right? On every surface is frogs everywhere. And again, Pharaoh calls his magicians and they can do that too. And they can bring the frogs up and they're able to do it. All right. And so... Again, each time we ask the Lord, take the frogs away. He takes the frog away. The next, and then we reach the next plague in chapter number 8, verses 16 through 19. Now we have the plague of lice. Let my people go? No. So the lice come up, um, and actually all the dust became lice, all right? But we're going to read in chapter number 8, verse number 16, because there's a point that I want you to see that happens here in chapter number eight. Uh, and he smote the deer and it turns into 
lice. Verse number 18, I think, is where we want to pick it up. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth life, but they could not. So there was lice upon man and upon beast. Verse number 19, read it. And the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them. So now the magicians from this point on are unable to perform any of the other things, any of the other plagues that God brings forth from this point. They recognize that this is the finger of God, but Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Y'all, we go through this 10 times. We have blood, we have frogs, we have lice. Then we have flies that swarm and cover the land. Let my people go. No. You know, back and forth. God, deliver us from the flies. The flies go away. He says no. Now, the fifth plague is the plague of livestock. So Moses tells him, all the livestock is going to be killed if you don't let my people go. I ain't letting your people go. So then the next morning, all the livestock is dead. But hold on, I forgot a key point. Forgive me, Lord. Every plague only affected the Egyptians. God's people are unaffected. They ain't got no lice. They don't have no frogs. Their livestock is still alive. Their waters are still clean. God keeps his people protected. So the livestock now are all dead. All the Egyptians' livestock are dead. Um, And the Israelites are spared. But Pharaoh's heart is still hardened. And then we get to chapter number nine, and we have the plague of boils. Could you imagine? Boils come up on all their bodies. And it's, when you get into study, it, it says it particularly affected their feet and their knees so that they couldn't stand. So the magicians tried to stand so that they could replicate this, but they couldn't even stand because their bodies are covered in boils. Oh, how painful. It's painful to have one boil. One boil. I, I've I had a boil in my ear once. Oh, Jesus. It takes your focus. I, I can't even worry about nothing else. All I could think about was that one. One boil is extremely painful, but their bodies are covered in boils, but he still refuses to let the people go. Then we get to chapter number, lower in chapter number nine, and now we have the plague of hell, the seventh plague. And so hell showers down uh, for the heavens so bad that it kills anybody that's out in the open. That's how horrible this hell storm is. Anybody who's out is killed by the hell. Animals and slaves and livestock, it kills all the plants and all the things. But Pharaoh still refuses to let my people go. But he repents temporarily after the hell storm, but he changes his mind and says, no, no, no. Not going to let your people go. And eighth plague, we get the plague of locusts. And they cover and they eat everything that the hailstorm didn't destroy. The locusts eat up. Then we get to the ninth plague, and that's the plague of darkness. Darkness covers the land for three days. Complete darkness. But the children of Israel, they were in the light. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. And then Pharaoh still won't let the people go. So finally he gets his final warning from, uh, from God and, and then from Moses. And he tells him um, what's going to happen. And this is the plague of the death of the firstborn. Amen. So let's go there in chapter number 12. Exodus chapter number 12. Y'all going to be hanging with me for a few minutes? Got to tell y'all what we're talking about. 
Exodus chapter number 12, verses 1 through 3. Uh, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Now let's drop down to verse number 21. Please. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in blood, and that in the basin, and strike the lintel and strike the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of the house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood on the lintel and the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and thy sons forever. Whoo. Hold on. And it shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord give you according to what he has promised. And he shall keep this, ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, pay attention. Your children shall say unto you, what mean ye by this service? Why are we doing this? Yep. And then ye shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. Yeah. Who passed over the houses of the children of Israel and Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshiped. Verse 28. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So did they. So they go. They take their blood, their sacrifice. They strike the doorpost. Amen. And wait for the final plague. All right. And as you know, it happens just as the scripture said it would. <clears throat> that night, the death angel comes. And all the firstborn, as the scripture says, of every house, of every, even of people, of animals, all the firstborn are killed. But the children of Israel, with that blood on their post, they're covered. And the Lord passes over them. Amen. So after this, then we get down to verse number 29, uh, uh, after the uh, death of the firstborn, right? And now we come to the next morning, and that's where we picked it up in our scriptures, and the Egyptians were urgent, verse number 33, the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, we be all as dead men. Now all of a sudden, we can hear. Now we, got, we didn't went to 10 plagues. We had warning after warning after warning after warning. But this time, Pharaoh hears, and it's time for y'all to get out. Amen? Whew. Verse number 32. Hang with me. We're going to stop reading in a minute, I think. Also, take your flocks and your herds, as ye have said, and be gone. Hold on, but listen to them. But bless me also. Get out, but give me a blessing on your way out. Oyabo Shia. God has a way of turning unbelievers into believers. 
Amen. This is the same Pharaoh that was talking about, uh, no, I ain't letting your people go. Look at what my people can do, what your people can do. I'm not believing in your God. But now, get out, but bless me before you go. Hallelujah. Verse number 33. And Egyptians were urgent. Get out, get out. And they sent them out of the land and has, because we're going to be all as dead men if we got to let them go. You know, God gets to, the, it gets to the point in your life, hallelujah, no matter how strong, hallelujah, the enemy comes to fight against you. Eventually, saints of God, he got to let you go. Hallelujah. Why? Because he don't have more power than the king of kings. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but I can't help it. Hallelujah. He don't have more power than the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So eventually, you got to be set free. He's like, get out. Get out. Ho, ho, Shia. Woo. And the people took their bread dough before it was leavened. Hallelujah. They took it in their kneading boards and bound them up and got on their shoulders. Hallelujah. Listen to what they did. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. They borrowed. That means the Egyptians. They gave them jewels and silver and gold and raiment. Hallelujah. And the Lord, the, uh, Lord gave people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And the Egyptians, and they lent them everything. They gave them everything, all their spoils. And the people left in haste. The children of Israel left in haste. They have been set free. Hallelujah. All the bondage. Could you imagine being in bondage all that time? Let us go. They've been slaves in this land all this time. And now finally the day has come for freedom. Hallelujah. And when freedom comes, when freedom comes for you, are you going to take your time and mill around? Oh, let me pack my bag. Let me get my, oh, hold on. I forgot. Forgot my tissues over there. I forgot that. They said they put, they, they took the bread before it was leavened, grabbed it, grabbed their stuff, put it on their shoulders, and they left. When God sets you free, get out. Amen. When God gives you freedom, it's time to go. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes the biggest enemy to freedom is our own flesh. Oba Oshaya. Hallelujah. We are our own deterrent. Our own flesh is our biggest deterrent from being free. Hallelujah. And what God has given us to do. He's, he's blessed us beyond measure. Hallelujah. He has a plan for our lives. But sometimes we get so caught up in our own negativity of our own mind, we talk ourselves out of freedom. Be careful not to talk yourself out of freedom. With that, haha, you gotta also be careful not to listen to the naysayers. Not to listen, hallelujah, to that person that seems so spiritual, hallelujah, that seems so backed up in the word, but what they're saying isn't providing any deliverance. Pay attention. Amen. Y'all stuck, y'all sticking with me? Be careful who you listen to. That includes your own flesh. Be careful who you listen to. All right. In the book of Corinthians, the NLT version of 1 Corinthians chapter number 5, verses 6 through 8, Paul's writing to us, and he's writing to us about sin. Let's see what he says. Look at y'all. All right. Go ahead. Uh, you're boasting about this. This is the NLT. You're boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like unto a little yeast? that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast. 
by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, Hoshaya, has been sacrificed for us. Verse 8, so let us celebrate the festival, not with the old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. Hallelujah. I love how Paul breaks it down to us. He's explaining to us what the bread is, and he tells us that it's likened unto sin. Hallelujah. So when you think about the bread, we think about bread as being sin and evil. Hallelujah. And he said just a little bit of it will spread through. It'll spread through and corrupt Hallelujah, the congregation. Glory to the name of the Lord. You know, that is why we are told to take our bread without leaven, without yeast. Because do you know what yeast does? What does yeast do when you add it to bread? It allows it to rise. Amen? Yeast is puffed up. Hallelujah. Yeast is big and large. Hallelujah. But how are we to be in the presence of the Lord? Low and flat and humble. Hallelujah. Without leaven, our bread needs to be good. Hallelujah. A good and flat. Hallelujah. Honest and humble bread before the Lord. Get rid of the old bread. Get rid of the bread with the yeast. Hallelujah. The red bread with all the sin and all the evil that's corrupting. Hallelujah. Get rid of that. Hallelujah. Because we are looking at Jesus, our perfect sacrifice. You see, Jesus, oh, Shia, he is our perfect lamb. Hallelujah. He sacrificed already for us. So if we're looking at his example, hallelujah, this is what dear brother Paul is telling us. Paul, Christ has already been sacrificed for us. Hallelujah. He is our lamb. Hallelujah. He is our lamb. Do you know that his blood is the blood that's now on our doorpost. It's on the doorpost of your heart. It's on the doorpost of your mind. That is what's keeping you protected under the covering of God. You've been covered by the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. We're covered in our hearts and we're covered in our spirits. Hallelujah. By the blood that he sacrificed for us on Calvary's cross. Somebody give him a praise. Woo! Hoshia. Hallelujah. We're made new by his sacrifice. He made us new. He made us into good bread by his sacrifice. He got rid of our leaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of us have thought too much of ourselves. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Some of us have been tricked into thinking, hallelujah, we're somebody that we're not. Hallelujah. But when salvation comes in pure and true and free, hallelujah, he has a way of humbling you. Be careful of the other saint that's not humble. Be careful of the person, hallelujah, that's always going behind. Hallelujah, spreading wickedness throughout the body. Be careful. The scripture calls for us to save ourselves. I don't have time, Elder Chambers, to worry about all the stuff that you're doing. Because my old wicked self, hallelujah, I got so much mess that I got to clean up. I can't spend time on Elder Chambers. All of us have too much work to do on us. 
all of us, hallelujah, help us all, Jesus, because we all can be guilty, hallelujah, but we all have too much work to do on the man in the mirror. Oh, help us, Jesus. Help me to be flat. Help me, Lord. Help me to be flat. You know, you can put yeast in bread, and what's amazing, it'll rise up, and some recipes will call for you to punch it back down. Uh, which seems like anticlimactic in a sense. But what's crazy is then it'll rise up even more. We got to get rid of that yeast. Any little bit that I find in my spirit of me thinking that I'm better than you, of me thinking that I'm more saved than you, of me thinking, well, at least I'm not doing what they're doing. At least I'm not as bad as Sister Micah. At least I'm not that. Lord, you better, you better punch it down. Hallelujah. But see, the problem is then it'll rise back up. So the scripture tells us, Paul said, get rid of that batch. And you got to start all over again. Lord, I want to be good bread before you. He has a work for us to do, but we can't do it if we're heady and high-minded. Help us, Holy Ghost. Come on, we going somewhere. Whew. This is for me, too. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that are a you, you, you preacher. You got to do this. You got to fix this. I feel like if one none of y'all sitting in here, I'd be pre up here with this microphone talking to myself. Glory to the name of Jesus. But now, saints, our bread is made good, is made good by salvation. So it's important for us not to taint it, not to add to it. Salvation's bread is flat without leaven. So we see the children of Israel in chapter number 12, they took the bread. Hallelujah. Before it was leaven, they got out of there. All right. They made haste. Hallelujah. We have to make haste. You have to, oh, Shia. You know what? This, what you have to do, make haste, make haste to protect your soul. Make haste to protect your salvation that God has so graciously imparted you with. I got to protect what's mine. When I hear something, the, the, the scripture tells us their shoes, they, they had their shoes was tied. It was latched. They're ready to go. We have to be ready, dear saints of God, because he's coming back soon. He's coming. Just like the first song that we heard the choir sing, he's coming so I got to be ready. The most important thing for me to be is ready. You know, my Sunday school class, I uh, love them dearly, but we've been talking about the rapture, and they have some good questions. Um, and so I asked them, what do they want to know about the rapture? You know, what do y'all want to know? And they start spouting off questions, you know. I couldn't write fast enough to keep up with some of their questions. They, they were so proud of them. So I'm writing the board on all their questions, all the questions that they want to know about the rapture. And I told them, I'm going to get you an answer. I might not know some of these because I didn't. Don't tell them. Don't tell them I didn't know a couple of the answers. I want them to respect me. But I said, if I don't know, I'll find out for you. And I did. I did my work. I went and studied. I mean, most of them I knew, you know, but there was a couple, as my father would say, humdingers in there that I didn't know. So I had studied. I even pulled a couple ministers in here. What you think about this? Showed them the board. I mean, I did my work. 
But God, and I was ready to teach Sunday school after I had got my answers, and God dealt with me the night before, Saturday evening. Don't go answering none of those questions. You tell them, be ready. Before we get into all these deep and prolific questions about what's going to happen and who's going to be where, pre-trib, post-trib, all these things that we get into, you better tell my people, be ready. The most important thing about the rapture, I heard what she was saying. We get into all these deep theories and thoughts and studies. Before we do all that, we've got to be ready. Tie your shoes up, get your bread, put your kneading bread on your shoulders, and you be ready for the coming of the Lord. Hoshia. That is what he requires of us. You know, we talked and I told those young people, you might not understand all the deep scriptures. You may not understand. Hallelujah. The scripture says, anyway, we see through a glass darkly. Hallelujah. You might not understand all the deepness of every scripture. But if you live it right before the Lord, if you pray, you read your Bible. Hallelujah. You may not even be able to read good. Hallelujah. To read your Bible. But if you are a believer, and you have yourself locked in time to the name of Jesus. Lord, I will serve you and I love you. And you praying and you're speaking in tongues. When he says, be my people, come my people. Whether you can read or not, you're going with him. Be ready. Don't worry about all the extra stuff. Yes, read and study. The scripture tells us to study to show ourselves approved. But that's not going to keep you from heaven. Hallelujah, because you don't know a couple of things won't keep you from having you believe God. Hallelujah, you be saved. Stop sinning and be ready. Hallelujah. So we see the children of Israel, they ready. Whoa, Shia, listen to that. They wanted to be free, begged to be free. And when time for freedom came, they were ready to go. Oh, Shia, I told you all, I just went on a trip recently. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. So it's time to go. My husband says we're going to leave at 4 o'clock in the morning. Those are always great plans I, that he comes up with. It's, it is great. And uh, he's one of those people, thankfully, he's him and not me because he actually does it. You know, I might come up with a plan and then wake up at 3 o'clock and be like, okay, an hour later is not going to hurt too much. But if he says he's going to leave at 4, he leaves at 4. So he's like, okay, let's leave at 4 o'clock so we can get on the road and beat the track. He got it planned out so I won't hit rush hour in this city or that city or that city. And number one of all, the children won't be asleep the majority of the trip. Great. So... We get ready, hallelujah, the day before, because we had this plan to leave at four in the morning, but we hadn't packed yet, and in our defense, it had been a very busy week. We hadn't had, really even had time, but so we literally packed the day before we left, but we were in, in a mode to get ready. It didn't matter that it was the day before because we got to leave at 4 o'clock. So we got to get our stuff 
and get ready. So we didn't say, oh, this is impossible. It's the day before. We're supposed to leave tomorrow. And literally not one item was packed. But we said, nope, we're going to do this thing. And we're going to get ready. And guess what? We did it. We got every bag packed. We got all the things packed for um, myself, him, the children. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> and we got packed. And we were ready to go. Lots of stuff. Y'all know how it is when you're leaving? Tons of stuff. Then he puts it all in the van. We just did. We can't pack it all and leave it in the house. We're good with that, dude. So we packed it all up and we put it in the van. And when the alarm went off, at 3 or 2.30 or whatever time it was, then the only thing that had to go into the vehicles was our bodies. We were ready. It didn't matter, Sister Nettie, that we didn't get ready until the day before. The point is, when it was time to go, we was ready to go. Some of y'all can't do like the bells. You can't take it. I can't take that. I got to be packed two weeks ahead of time. And so, no, no, that's good. I'm not dogging that at all. I think that's good. Somebody might be packed two weeks ahead of time. They're ready too. My point to you is, no matter where you are in your salvation walk, whether you knew or you've been in this thing for 20 years, as long as you're ready, you're going. All, you, all it is your only job is to be ready. I got to be ready. If you're ready, you get to go. We were ready, so we got to go. Glory to the name of Jesus. When he says, come my people, be ready. I wasn't planning on saying none of that, but the Lord knows. All right, so here we go. They, they take their haste. They get out of there. Jesus, he's already, I told you, he's our perfect lamb. What about Oshaya? Hallelujah. He is a lamb. He's the perfect sacrifice. Hallelujah. The John chapter number one, verses 29 said, Behold the lamb of God, which cometh to take away the sins of the Lord. Here he comes. Behold. Hallelujah. The lamb of God. We've got to know, saints, who we serve. We've got to recognize when we see Jesus, who he is. And who, what he'll do in our life. Woo. Even if the world refuses to believe, just like the Egyptians refuse, how are you going to not believe after 10 plagues, nine plagues? How are you going to just keep not believing, not believing, not believing? You can't get caught up on who don't believe. It's your job. But Moses kept telling him, he kept warning him, he kept doing the work. Hallelujah. But then it's up to him. It's up to Pharaoh to choose to believe. Hallelujah. So the world may not believe. The moral may refuse to believe. But it's important to you. It's important for you that you keep your bread good. No matter who's living whatever kind of life that they want to live, you stay good bread before the Lord. Does that make sense? You get rid of sin in your life. It doesn't matter if my brother, sister, or brother so-and-so, or sister so-and-so, I know they dipping and diving, and they doing that, and everything seems to be fine in their life. Don't you worry about that at all, dear saint of God. You live, hallelujah, for you, and get yourself together according to the scriptures, because God sees all. And it is not your job to then be mad because they're getting away with something. Hallelujah. Do you know how many times my children want to tell on each other? I already know what they did. 
I don't need you to tell me. Hush. The other one is my child too. I know what they're doing. I saw them. They're not slick. I heard them. I'll deal with them in my time. Oh, I got something prepared for them. Oh, I, I got to figure it out. I don't need you to help me. I tell them all the time, don't y'all worry about helping God with nobody. Lord, look at them because they're doing, don't you be mad about whatever somebody else is getting away with. Pray for them. God, help my sister. Lord, please give her the strength, Lord God, to say no, to deny her flesh. Lord, help me in the name of Jesus to deny my flesh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Help us to walk with you together, Lord. Serve you together, Lord, with strength and gladness, Lord God. Help us to be warriors for your name in the name of Jesus. You see, if you pray for people, you ain't got time to be mad. Glory to the name of Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Keep yourself good. Jesus warns us. Jesus warns in Matthew chapter number 16. Beware of deceptive teachings. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter number 16. Hallelujah. Because you have to be so aware, I said earlier, of spiritual people, seemingly spiritual people, teaching deceptive things. So we get today to Palm Sunday. It's Matthew chapter number 21. And mind you, I said in 16, he puts a warning out. Let's read it. Matthew 16, verses 5 through 12. Um, if we could do it in NLT, that'd be great. If not, we can do KJV. So. Um, later after, thank you, later after they had crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples covered that they had forgotten, <laughs> they had forgotten to bring any bread. This part really made, I laughed out loud when I was at home. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast. Y'all paying attention to this throughout the scriptures? You paying attention? Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Beware of the sin. Remember I told you the yeast is likened to sin. At this day, they begin to argue with each other because they hadn't bought any bread. Now, he's telling them, beware. You see why I laugh? He says, beware of the yeast of the Sadducees. They start arguing about literal bread. Uh, Jesus knew what they were saying. He said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? I'm not talking about bread. Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves, Hashaya, and the basket of leftovers that you picked up? Or the 4,000 that I fed with the seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers that you picked up? Don't forget all the stuff that God has already done for you that you picked up. Don't forget all the fragments that he left over for you to get. Hallelujah. Look out. Watch out for the evildoers. But don't you forget what I already did for you. You pay attention to me. Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? So again, I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse number 12. Uh, then at last they understood what he was speaking about, the yeast and the bread. But uh, uh, he wasn't speaking about the yeast and the bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Oh, we understand now. So Jesus puts this warning out. Be aware. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. 
He knows that they're dogging him down to the ground. He knows that eventually they're going to plot to kill his life. But he's also telling his people, his disciples, his followers, be aware of deceptive teaching. So then in chapter number 21, here we have, y'all, Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of Jesus. That was in chapter 16. Now in chapter 21, here comes Jesus riding into Jerusalem. Hosanna in the highest. Hashiah. Hallelujah. They're so happy. Now, mind you, between these chapters, Jesus is healing. He's delivering. He's blessing. Hallelujah. And the Pharisees and Sadducees are coming for him. Like, at every turn and question, I wish we had time, but they're coming for him. Chapter after chapter, they keep trying, and he keeps shaming them hard, as my husband would say. He shamed them real hard over and over and over. Everything they tried to put to him, he had an answer for and shut them down every time. And now in chapter 21, Hosanna in the highest, y'all. It's Palm Sunday now. Here he comes, riding on a donkey. Now, I was telling Sunday school class this morning, pay attention to that. You know, pay attention to what Jesus is riding on. A little donkey. They have them in church. They bring them out a lot of times. They're small, little animals. He ain't no big stallion, white horse, riding through, you know, triumphantly. He's on this little donkey coming through. Hallelujah. He's low. Pay attention. Glory to the name of Jesus. And he comes in, hallelujah, and you have to remember that everybody is not team Jesus. But as they come through, what do the people do, y'all? Hosanna! Get them up, show me. Y'all got them? Hosanna in the highest. Right, they got their palms out. They're waving. Look how beautiful it is. Come on, more y'all, put them up. You know, the, all the beautiful palms, this is, and Jesus is coming through. And we're worshiping him and we're magnifying him and we're excited. This is Jesus. He's been doing all the miracles and all the healings and he healed the blind man and he raised the people from the dead. And oh, Jesus, here he comes. Some people are like, who is it? Who is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The scripture tells you it's Jesus. Everybody's excited. Can you imagine? I want you to think about it. If it really was Jesus, what would you be doing? Hallelujah. Would you be just be sitting in your seat? Hallelujah. Jesus is coming in. He's coming. Here's Jesus and everybody's happy. Y'all give him a praise with your palm. I want to hear some voices. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. It's Jesus. If I could just get a glimpse of Jesus. Oh, Shia. It's Palm Sunday and he's coming in. Oh, hallelujah. To the name of Jesus. And there he is in her midst. But as he's there... The religious leaders are upset. And they start whispering as y'all waving. Y'all praising. Somebody's always mad. Y'all blessing the religious leaders. Are, uh, see, I can't stand it. That's what I told you. You see, I told you. He thinks he's better than everybody. Look at him. Coming in and everybody's raising flags at him. And uh, you got to be careful. Some of these folks are upset because they want you to fan their flags at them. They want you to wave your flags at them. Somebody search your heart today. And ask, why am I so mad? Why am I so mad at somebody else's elevation? Why am I so upset? Oh, ask the Lord to help you. Shine the light of heaven on my soul. Search me, Lord. Uh, search me, Lord. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out, Lord. Strengthen me. I ask the Lord to help me. Help me, Lord. Put my pious down. Hallelujah. So he's coming in as Jesus with a triumphal entry. 
Hallelujah. But the naysayers, the religious leaders are mocking him and they're coming up with a plan. Hallelujah. But in chapter number 23, whenever you get a chance, you should read Exodus chapter number 23. Uh, 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 uh. What book am I Matthew chapter number 23. The whole chapter, Jesus comes for them. He's bold as bold can be. And he says all the words, right? And he makes it crystal clear. We'll just read a few verses. Matthew 23, uh, we'll read like 11 and 12. Uh, Matthew chapter number 23, 11 and 12. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall be exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall be humble... I'm sorry. And he that shall be humble himself shall be exalted. And then we're going to drop down and we're going to read to 24, verse 24. <clears throat> Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat. Now, he's talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, this is just a portion. The entire chapter is this. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for ye, you, make clean, you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of exhortation and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the club and the platter, and that the outside of them may be clean also. All right? Uh, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto white sepulchres, which indeed, which are tombs, white tombs, dead, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within are filled with dead men's bones and of all uncleanness, even so that you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Whoa. So the whole chapter. So they, they in the background whispering, but Jesus is not afraid. He tells them the whole, literally the entire chapter about themselves. Hallelujah. He doesn't back down. Are y'all hearing that? He doesn't back down from naysayers, from people that are doing him wrong or saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. Hallelujah. He speaks against. Hallelujah. He speaks against the unrighteousness that they represent. Don't you be afraid to speak against unrighteousness. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And they get so mad. Could you imagine? Because I just read a portion, but they get mad at that. Hallelujah. So in chapter number six, they plot to kill Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, what's important is that you don't fall for the plot. Because remember, what was we doing? Hosanna. In the highest. Hallelujah. But later that week, they get mad right after y'all fed in y'all palms. And they plot to kill Jesus. And the scripture says this in uh, chapter number 27 and verse number 20. Um, but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should, uh, that's the wrong one, that they persuaded the multitude, but that's good, but <laughs> that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. That's further than I was trying to go. But they, the scripture says that they stirred up the people. I must have wrote down the wrong chapter. But they stirred up the people against Jesus. All right, and they whipped them up. I was telling the Sunday school students this morning, it's like a mob mentality. One minute, you know, we all on this side. And then the next minute, somebody says, uh, oh, they're not popular no more. So everybody jumps over to this side. 
you know, it's follow the leader type of thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so they plot to kill Jesus and they, they start stirring up the people. They start going and whispering to the crowds. You be afraid. You be careful of the whispers that come through the crowd. Hallelujah. Luke makes it even more clear. Hallelujah. In chapter number 23, Luke chapter number 23. Y'all got to pay attention to what we did here. Luke chapter number 23, verse number 18. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 23, verse number 18, and they cried out all at once saying, away with this man. This is, they stirred up the crowd so much, so much that when it's time for Jesus to stand in judgment, that the same people that cried out Hosanna are saying, away with this man and release us Barabbas. The same, uh-uh, hold on, be careful. Because they wasn't being hypocrites. They was really praising him. They really believed. They really were worshiping. They really were honoring him. They were excited to see him. But they listened to the whispers of somebody who seemed religious. Instead of listening, Hashaya, to their hearts that told them that Jesus is the true Savior. So they go from Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, to seven days later, or the six days later, crucify him. Well, Shia, let's keep going. Verse 19. Woe for a certain sedition made in the city for a murder was cast into the prison. 20. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus. He don't even want to kill Jesus. Spake to them again. Let me get y'all, y'all just emotional. But they cried saying, crucify him. Crucify him. The Hosannas, now crucify him. Crucify him. And he said it to them a third time. Why? Why? What evil has he done? Jesus, are y'all sure? This man ain't even a, a Hebrew. He's not even an Israelite. And he's trying to fight for the life of Jesus. What evil has he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I'll therefore, I'll, y'all, I'll ch- chastise him, and I'll let him go. And they were, in, they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them, of the chief priest, prevailed. Pay attention to that. Verse 24, and Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. Who Shia, now. What we want to take from the scripture, the scripture is written for our example. Amen. What we want to take for the scripture. Y'all remember when we got excited and y'all was praising God with me and I watched y'all. I got glimpses of y'all and I watched. I when y'all walking around the church, I went, I walked past to go to my car and I said, look at them, they walking around the church. And I, and I was excited. I didn't have no palm, but I was like, y'all go ahead. And we were worshiping in praise service. And y'all raised y'all's palms with me. And y'all was worshiping with me just a few minutes ago. But please know it was the exact same people that were saying crucify him. What I want to challenge you today is to not only keep your bread good, but keep your palms up. You hear the word of the Lord today. That when Satan comes into the midst to steal, kill, and destroy, I challenge you to keep your palms up 
So that even though some people might be saying, crucify him, crucify him. Oh no, Joyce Bell is going to praise him. I'll keep my palms up. Now today, you have been provided with an actual palm leaf. How lovely it is for you to praise the Lord. I would challenge some of y'all do better and stand up and give God some praise. Now you've been given an actual palm leaf, but when we leave here today, this is going to go home or go in the trash or something because it's a live plant. Hallelujah. But when I can't use this anymore, hallelujah, and I still have to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep these palms up. Hallelujah. I turn in that palm for this palm. And I keep my palms up. And I'm going to praise and bless and magnify the name of the Lord. I will not sacrifice my salvation for the words of the unbeliever. I will bless him. I will praise him. I will magnify his name. I will defend the gospel of Jesus Christ because he has been good to me. Give you God a praise. Do better. Praise him better. Hallelujah. Somebody tell him today, I'm going to keep my palms up. No matter what happens, no matter if I get my way or if I don't, Brother Chris, I'm going to keep my palms up. Hallelujah. No matter if that blessing comes through or if it don't come through the way I wanted it to, Sister Shana, I'm going to keep my palms up. When somebody's whispering evil in my ear, Brother Kimball, and the gospel, the gossip is sounding juicy, hallelujah, I'm going to tell them, I don't want to hear that. I got to keep my palms up. Hallelujah, because, oh, yeah, you shy. We got to keep ourselves low because I don't know when it's going to be me that needs to be helped. I don't have time to try to destroy anybody in the house of the Lord. All I can do is lift up. Hallelujah, the name of the Lord because he has been so good to me. If all I do is take a minute and think of the goodness of Jesus, just on this week alone, it causes me to put my palms up. I don't have time to worry about what nobody else is doing because God has been good to me. He has made ways for me. You know, I was standing on vacation this week. Glory to the name of Jesus. And I was, we were on an island. Beautiful. One of the most beautiful places I had ever seen. And the Lord has blessed us to go multiple places. But as I looked out like a postcard I was going to get my camera and take some pictures but it wouldn't do justice you know how I, I, I it was so beautiful it wouldn't do any justice and I sat there as I'm in the water with my children are playing in the ocean around me and I'm looking through this water that's as clear as a cup of water that you pour from your sink. I can see to my feet. And the white sand, beautiful. And they just having a good old time. And I just looked around me and I said, God, you are good. Oh, Shia. First, that you can make things so beautiful. And everywhere my eye looked, I mean, when people, everybody, when you get off the tram at the stop, everybody is just, 
wow. I mean, person after person is just all in, in this place. And then now I'm here, I'm in the actual water, and I'm with my actual children that I prayed for. The children that I never thought was going to exist in the first place. I now, one of them's hanging on my back, and the other one's swimming all around me. And I'm in a place that I don't even deserve to be in because I didn't do nothing special. <laughs> and I stood there and I just began to praise the Lord within myself. And I said, God, you are good to me. I don't want to ever forget how good the Lord is to me. And you might say, Sister Joyce, but I didn't get to go to the island. I didn't get to stand there. Well, you know what, 47, that was my first time going there. Just wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. He's going to take you where you want to go. Hallelujah. But you know there's beauty in my old backyard, Elder Chambers. There's sometimes I look out my back patio and I see the trees. Hallelujah. And I look around my house, my little house that I just love so much. And I say, Lord, you are good to me. Wherever you are in your life, I challenge you to see the beauty in your life. The beauty that God has given you. Stop looking for more. And I don't have this and I don't have that. But thank the Lord for what you got. We get lost in what we want, and we forget to thank him for where we are. Thank him for that wife that's driving you crazy. Thank God. Y'all know it's too, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Thank God for that husband. You better thank him. As crazy as he drives you, you thank God. God is good. As single as you are, thank you, Jesus. You have kept me. It took me a long time to get married. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I determined I was going to keep myself busy and thank God for what he did and who he is. You know, and I joke oftentimes, but it's absolutely true. My sisters get mad at me and say, shut up, Joyce. But it is so true. You know, you never know what God is setting up for you in your life and why things are taking as long as they're taking. And I'm praying for God, uh, for my husband. Lord, bring my husband. Why can't I be married? I don't want to be married. You know, and I started praying when I was out. I'm going to get married when I'm 18. My mother got married when she was 17. My sister got married when she was 18. So I'm going to continue, and I'm going to get married when I'm 18. You know, and 18 came, and I was praying, where's my husband? I prayed for him, but he didn't show up. Well, I didn't know when I was 18 and praying for my husband that my husband was in middle school somewhere. So if he gave me, the police would have came. You don't know why. It's funny, but it's true. Legit middle school, eighth grade. I was a senior. He was in eighth grade. He wasn't ready, and I wasn't ready. But the Lord had to get us ready. You wait on the Lord, and you be of courage. 
be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. You don't know why. Maybe yours is in elementary somewhere. You don't know why you got to wait. Just wait. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will bless you. Stick with God. Keep your palms up. And keep your bread good. Put your hands together and give God a praise. Love you, Lord. You tell him I love you. Wave your palms and tell him that you love him. I love you, Lord. I love the Lord. Why? Because he first loved me. Hallelujah. We would be remiss today if we did not offer Christ to you. Hallelujah. We offer him to you today. Maybe you don't understand why we're so excited and why we're waving branches around. It's because God has been good to us. Hallelujah. And we offer that goodness to you. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. I may have problems and struggles, but I wouldn't trade the salvation for nothing. How about you? Can I get a witness to help me? I wouldn't trade the salvation for nothing. Come on, help me. So we offer this same Christ to you today through the salvation of Jesus Christ. With the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We have water for you to be baptized in today. Hallelujah. Right behind those curtains. You go down in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. All right? You go down in that water and it washes your sins away. It's symbolic, but it's also real. He's really washing my sins away. But we won't want to stop this there. We want a more. That's just the first step. We want the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's when Jesus himself will come down and step on the inside of you. He lives and dwells on the inside of you. How do I know that he's in there? Because it will be evidenced by you speaking it with other tongues. Words begin to come out that you're not saying. Your tongue moves and a supernatural experience happens in your life. And that's my evidence that he's now living down on the inside of you. We offer that to you today. Come to the altar. Ministers, altar workers are here to work with you. Glory to the name of Jesus. Come get Jesus today. Somebody will talk to you about Jesus. Come on, y'all. Extend some hands and start praying. If the Lord is leading you to talk to somebody, you better do it. He had me say that for a reason. You better do it. Come on and help somebody. Tell them about this sweet salvation. Glory to the name of Jesus. Now, body of believers, would you stand with me? Because this is serious. Would you reach your hands to the altar? Hallelujah. Let's pray for somebody today. Let's pray for salvation today. Deliverance today. If you need prayer, stay at your seat and ask the Lord to bless you. Hallelujah. But let's, let's pray for some salvation, baptism in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'll help these souls to get a better understanding. Lord God, we come before you. Thank you and praise, oh God, for your goodness, your tender mercy, your love and kindness, and your grace. Thank you, oh God, for the word. Hallelujah, Lord God, that you gave us on today. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Hallelujah, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, that we keep our bread good. Hallelujah, Lord God, that we stay. Hallelujah, Lord God, in a place of readiness. Help us, oh God, to keep our palms up. 
Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord God, we pray for the unbeliever. Hallelujah, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, the one that's at the altar seeking to know more of you. Hallelujah, Lord God, open up their understanding as only you can. Lord God, allow them to receive the baptism of Jesus Christ. Lord God, work and prick on their hearts and their souls. Lord God, open up their understanding so that they can understand the scriptures and the words that are being said to them on today. Hallelujah, Lord God. Bless, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. That I always stop there, but continue with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord God. Gift them with the Holy Ghost today. Help them to receive your promise and to know it's theirs free. Hallelujah, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory. Help us, Lord God, to be good worshipers of you. Help us to stay focused. Hallelujah, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord God, keep our minds pure. Help us lift our brothers and sisters up in Christ. Help us to pray. Hallelujah, Lord God, for each other and keep each other close. Lord God, we thank you. We praise you. We believe you. Lord God, it's in your name that we pray. And we believe in the mighty name of Jesus. All the people say in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'll get out. Praise the Lord, everybody. Wasn't that good? Amen. Amen. How many want to be good bread? Amen. Only God can do that for us. Amen. We thank God for the word of the Lord. Thank God for Palm Sunday. I want everybody to remember the Lord on this week. Remember Jesus this week. How about this? Just before we go out of here, tell somebody, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Amen. Keep your palms up this week, y'all. Amen. Amen. How about this? Why don't you bring your palm? Hold those palms up. Why don't you bring your palm back tonight? service tonight? Amen. 630 tonight. And again, on Tuesday, Bible class, let's remember Jesus and the sacrifice that he made at Calvary for us. And then please be with us again on Resurrection Sunday on next week. Amen. And good, God good to us.